here we are with Exalted versus the World of Darkness. Heaven for everyone. This, listeners, is the introduction episode. I am Devin, the referee forever, and we are in June 2019. And to my left, we have X playing Y. Nicole playing... I'll give you her, her name before she exalted. Allison Applegate. That is no longer her name because she doesn't have one. Her new name is... Princess Magnificent, with lips of coral and robes of black feathers. Um, she is a Midnight Cast Abyssal, and do we want to move on and then do descriptions? No? Yeah, you've gone way too far. That's all we need. Okay. Uh, Ian, playing Salt Spray Purity, or Brandon Smith, he's a Dawn Cast Solar. Kevin playing Brass Dancer or Liao Mu, the Infernal Manipulator. And Peter Dexter Conway or Creation Ruling Mandate, the Sidereal Chosen of Secrets. Okay, gang, so let's talk about Exalted versus the World of Darkness. So, if you're listening to this and you don't know what Exalted is and you don't know what World of Darkness is, I have no fucking help for you. Uh, these are both game lines that are both independently of themselves 20 to 30 years old and have a bunch of baggage and bullshit behind them. Uh, you're better off heading to a wiki or something and figuring that out on your own. We have, like, podcasts of both game lines, I'm almost certain, or something. Someone does. So, you're, you're SOL if you're coming into this blind. <laughs> Sorry. Try to keep up with us. Um, Exalted vs. World of Darkness is specifically... Um, a game that attempts to bridge the old world of darkness, so, you know, Vampire the Masquerade, Werewolf the... whatever, Mage the Ascension, uh, Wraith, Demon the Fallen, all that shit, uh, with the sort of first edition almost inspiration of Exalted, you know, with, with stuff from modern editions like, like Infernals and shit. Um, the idea is, is that it's the world of darkness, and sometime when your game starts, whatever you want it to, um, exaltation returns to the world and people start being chosen again. But because the world has been ground down so much by the passing of ages and mundanity and banality and all that fun jazz, uh, the, the solars and the other exalts when they return aren't quite as earth-shattering uh, as they were in the days of creation. That doesn't mean, though, that every single one of the characters in this game doesn't dispatch an entire room full of people on their own with very little effort. Uh, I haven't been able to challenge them at all in Season 1, which we've already recorded. Which is why this episode takes place in June, and Episode one's going to take place, like, I don't know, April, May, March, May? I have no fucking clue. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the Hicksults are strong. You've, ma you've managed to hit a few of us once or twice. A little bit, you know. Yeah. It's not the norm. We're close to dying, yeah. but not challenged. <laughs> yeah, it's no. definitely not the norm. That's fair. And I uh, guess the other tip is that White Wolf, the little days, used to tease that exalted and the world of the artists used to be the there, same. There's a bit of history to that. So before the first exalted book was ever even fucking published, they said that before there was a world of darkness, there was an age of sorrows, and that was exalted. And they tried to map like vampires to abyssals and like hunters to swords. It was fucking stupid. Nobody liked it. And it was cut before the first edition core was even published. So pre 2000, like late 1999, 2000s, that was already in the garbage. Uh, but uh, the developer who, for example, who wrote this, Holden uh, Shear, kept teasing that, you know, one day in second edition, late second edition to early third edition, they might do like a fun April Fool's Zola versus Wad book. Uh, so he made it. 
On his own. He just, yeah, he just made it. Uh, he knocked it out in like a month or something, a little less than that. It's hundreds of pages long. It's two books now. Uh, he just did it, and now we have a revised edition. It's coming out pretty soon, um, post us um, playing this. So we're in June, and pretty soon revised is going to be out. There's just a few nuts and bolts left. So hopefully by season two we'll have revised edition. I'm, I'm, bet, I'm betting we will. Um... And yeah, this is uh, Holden's project on his own. He does this on his Patreon if you want to find it. Yeah, all that stuff. Go, yeah. go check all it's that free. shit out. It, it's free. Along with other Powered by... Along with uh, a series of Powered by the Apocalypse World of Darkness games like Vampire, Vampire Dark Ages, Mage, Sorcerer's Crusade, uh, the Quijin books are in there. Like, there, there's free shit on there to check out that are just complete entire games that... Again, he knocked out in like a month or something. Because, you know, that, that just happens when you're able to publish without being held back by a bunch of bullshit we covered in previous podcasts. <laughs> Otherwise, Honest Path Publishing's a terrible company. Yep. Uh, okay, so this specific game um, is a spiritual sequel to Princes of the Universe. All the people here are basically playing um, not alternate takes, but like spiritual successors to their characters from that. Like, Nicole's playing spiritual successor to Majestic by playing Princess Magnificent, Ian through his solar, uh, Kevin is the killer queen through the lens of this infernal he's built, and Peter is the, the Majestic through the, the royal. Lens. <laughs> the, the royal. I am the Majestic now. Severial. Um, so, what, I'm, just, I'm just gonna break this out. I'm just gonna put this on the table, listeners. Don't be stupid about this. Don't take it too far, all right? The idea is that it's a spiritual sequel. Like, the characters that are playing are definitely, in their own way, descendants of those characters. But, like, they're not the same exalt types, they're not the same casts. You know, history, as you know, it's probably different. Uh, you know, what happened between the Age of Creation and the Age of the World of Darkness is probably skewed and different and not one-to-one. -one. Don't be stupid about it, all right? Uh, basically, nothing except the Exalted survived from the First Age, pretty much. Or from the, the Age of Sorrows. So, you know, there's not going to be First Age ruins found in the Himalayan Mountains or anything. Even though there are ruins in the Himalayan Mountains, but they're different. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're not, not the First, first Age. age. <laughs> yeah. Even the Neverborn Curse, as eternal as it is, has passed its course. Yeah, like, like, so much of the stuff that held the Exalted back has ground itself away into the ennui and dust of oblivion. So, like, the Great Curse isn't around anymore, and, like, you know, what Exalt type you are, what cast you are, is very loosey-goosey and fluid now. It's not really fucking important. Spiritual, abstractions, themes, alright? Moby Dick isn't a book about a man hating an animal, there's more going on in it. Wait, what? This is all new to me. Whatever, what's his doom? I know, fucking, <laughs> fucking, fucking fuck. <laughs> Such an uh, old reference, it's perfect. Yeah, it is. So I would recommend <coughs> listeners, if you want to know more about Exalted vs. Wad, go to Holden's Patreon or whatever page he has, download the goddamn two books. They have they're they're full of lore and fluff and ways to conceptualize the transition from creation to those ages in between to like prehistory Babylonian Earth to the now. Yep. That is the core of this game. It's a spiritual successor to Princess of the Universe with the same characters. Now, specifically, this game takes place in Los Angeles, um, a sort of fun riff on the Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines LA. It takes place in the 1980s, and the characters, the PCs, are teenagers in high school. 
Uh, we made the decision for a bunch of reasons. It would keep it low to the ground. It would keep it very interpersonal. It would mean that not everyone's playing an amoral sociopath who wants to, like, fucking build laser cannons and shoot up banks. I like a previous result of the game. We're trying to be nice people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for a change. Yeah. They're trying to be, like, like ethical, moral, non-sociopathic teens who got superpowers. So, you know, I, I think we go, like, four sessions before anyone dies. Yeah. Like, like, we actually last quite a while where you guys are using nerf bats and shit before something bad happens. Rubber bullets. Rubber, Rubber bullets, bullets and nerf bats. Nope. <laughs> so, um, that's the core of the game. For game lines, we're using, specifically for Season 1, Vampire the Masquerade, uh, the 20th edition, and Wraith the Oblivion, the 20th edition. Fun fact, I kickstarted Wraith back when the Exalted Kickstarter first came out, like, six, seven years ago, and it finally came in! Hooray! Little boy! Thanks, Dickie! Was it worth the wait? No, it really wasn't. <laughs> uh, game design has moved on so far past these games that it's sickening and disgusting. Yeah, but for that, tune into our, you know, outro slash... Yeah, I guess we'll save tearing down exactly how boring and bland all these game designs are for the old World of Darkness uh, for that episode. <laughs> or season one. Yeah, the season one outro. Uh, so that is all the specifics about this I got. Yeah, so vampires are a heavy theme. The, the, the party is specifically engaging with vampire culture and bouncing off of it and, like, finding stuff to do. And because Nicole's an abyssal... Wraiths feature very much, like, super fucking heavily, and, like... Specifically Spectre. Spectre's culture, specifically, and, like, <laughs> I didn't get to put as much as I wanted in Season 1, but it'll definitely escalate once we hit Season 2. But they're there. They are there every episode, causing mischief. Being fucking Spectres. Embracing yeah. the call of the Neverborn. So, um, <laughs> that is all the talky stuff from me. Which of you four would like to introduce their character? And like give us backstory, detail, appearance, the whole thing, so people are primed for episode one. Sure, I'll go first. Okay, so I'm playing again, Lao Mu, the brass dancer. He is a 15-year-old teenager, very awkward. He is an exchange student, or rather his family immigrated here from Taiwan. He's... He was already an outcast before he exalted, you know, he's short, chubby, came from a private school because his family is obscenely rich. His mother is a wealthy temple priestess who owns her own, um, I think it's Taoist, I'm trying to remember the uh, specific religion, which he doesn't follow anymore because he's, uh, you know. Beyond that. <laughs> and his, his stepfather is a politician who's striving to be California's governor. He has an obscene number of sisters, and he's he's basically the only boy in the family. Um, he is kind of a serial appeaser. He he genuinely wants everyone to be able to you know get along and have their way, which isn't possible. But he's, he's very overconfident in his own ability to kind of force force things to work out. Basically, uh, he's quiet and really kind of strives to be popular. He wants to be. He wants to be with the cool kids, even though he is definitely not. And he is... Even though he's beyond them at this point, he still wants to be part of that crowd. And he just has terrible, terrible taste in men. <laughs> oh my god, the people your character date, tries to date are fucking garbage. <laughs> Which really lends to his uh, 
you know, his, his powers as in Infernal, where he has the ability to grant people wishes. He wants to give people what they want, and... I should mention that you being an Infernal that has, like, Cecilene-based charms that lets you, like, grant wishes and stuff is actually a callback to the prototype Prince of the Universe game where the Killer Queen was an Infernal with the Cecilene wish-granting genie tree. So we've actually come full circle. Yeah. And her, even then, her greatest desire was to be loved by the people around her, which <laughs> was a big struggle when she had the powers to destroy the world around her. Uh, Looks-wise, he has strange, swirling purple markings on his skin that are just kind of constantly there, so it looks like he's heavily tattooed, a heavily tattooed 15-year-old. He also has weird, demonic, kangaroo-like ears, because his uh, Shinte form is a giant, monster, black-iron kangaroo creature. So he's got to constantly kind of wear heavy clothing to hide that. Uh, he's got orange eyes, much like the Killer Queen of old. And let's see. We should mention that in the first few episodes you were a lunar, and oh, then yes. the, the companion book for Zelda vs. Water was released, which had the Infernal and Alchemical rules, and it's like, oh, Infernal, fuck, yeah, let's do that, and you just swapped over. Yeah. Yeah, I started out as a lunar, and it wasn't very interesting to me. You were you were wicked efficient at combat. Oh yeah, really, really good at combat. But that's about all they were good for. And there's no more to it now that the second book is out because they gave a bunch of new charms to Lunars. But Infernals were way more interesting, so I took yeah. one of those. As an Infernal, he is one of the few exiles who actually knows that the world is going to end. The apocalypse is coming. And he's... It's basically, his intention is to try and stop that. Despite the fact that part of being an Infernal is knowing that you'll be a god-king in the next age to come. Um, I think that's basically everything. Perfect. I think about your unwoven coagulator or something? Oh yeah, his unwoven coagulator. So coagitator. Coagitator. I don't like Peter Corrupt. <laughs> so the thing about Infernals in the newer age is that basically all the exaltations for Infernals were locked in a box underneath Hell. Uh, specifically the hell of the Eastern Kindred, like the Eastern hell. And when they br burst out, uh, they went through the demons that resided in hell. Those demons caught fire and went screaming into the, onto Earth. And they decided to latch onto people as quick as possible because they're on fire and burning out <laughs> and offer these people power. And if you said no, you'd be murdered and they'd go on and find someone else. But because he was trapped in an elevator and thought one of his friends was dying on top of the elevator, he just took the, he just accepted it. He was just like, yeah, yeah, give me power. This is awful. It sounds awesome. Unlimited power. <laughs> what is evil? Yeah. And generally he tries to be a very, very good person, which is heavily, heavily unbalanced by his very nature. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Perfect. Um, Brandon, uh, Ian is playing Brandon Smith or Salt Spray Purity. I am a Solar Dawncast. I'm 16, and I am your typical surfer dude. But also like a military boy. But also, yeah, like my family's very militaristic, so I rebelled by becoming a surfer. I just, I have all that military background training and my dad says that as long as I stay in the military till 21, I can do whatever I want. So my character is very like, okay, just got to get reasonable grades, 
do this, do that. Once I'm 21, I'm out, I'm done. I can do whatever I want, um, but tries to stay in line until then while also trying to bend the rules and do his own thing. Like he's very, he's very much a teenager just trying to be himself and yeah. One thing actually, wasn't the war in, um, what was that country? The Vietnam War, wasn't that in the 80s? Vietnam was not the 80s. Wasn't it? No. No. Okay. That was like... Okay, I'm thinking of a different war. Yeah. There's a lot of wars. The the Forever Wars? I was just thinking, it's like, yeah, your dad's going to make you go into the army during the time. I know. Vietnam War finished in 1975. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, yeah. 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 I'm a little off there. So, like, my dad probably fought in that war. Which, yeah. Um... He's also, my, my dad is a doomsday prepper, oh, so right. we have this, like, huge stockpile of weapons underground in the house, uh, which I pilfer every now and then during the campaign. Um, what else is interesting about my character? Uh, I took, being a Dawn cast, I took a lot of punchy, fighty things. And I'm pretty good at hitting people. Yeah, I uh, think. Later on, not to give too many spoilers, but I go into a little bit of healing and a li- and I become more sensitive and caring, I guess. Look, listeners, he's healing children this time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's too spoiler to say that your character, based on... The fact that no one in this game knows what's going on, like even vampires don't really understand their own lore, never mind That's other bad. people's lores, that your character is absolutely convinced after all that he is Jesus Christ in the yeah. same coming. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. He, like that's, he totally buys a, into that. That's a real thing he believes, that you are the second coming of Christ. Yep. Yeah. 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 And no um, one does a lot of uh, work trying to dissuade you. No, no. Uh, and... Those who do uh, don't stand much of a chance. And... Well, like, no one does. Like, no one tries yeah. to argue it with you at all. Yeah. Yeah, over the course of the game, we'll debate what we actually are, because we didn't really want to just go and knowing everything. Yeah. The part of our fun is the discovery of what's really going on. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's been a good discovery for this character. He's enjoying growing into his power. Uh... And, yeah, he's got a car. He calls it the Roving Probable Cause. And Such a garbage car. Yeah, he's, like, welded, like, all sorts of things to it. Like it armor. Secret armor. panels for yeah, guns. Yeah, like, armor to it, secret panels for guns, uh, like, welded gun holders on the bottom of it. It's... It's a gong show. It's absolutely insane. And if your character wasn't so white, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, if you were white in LA in the eighties, you'd be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, yeah. Just period, no. not for anything else. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> yeah, you'd be in a lot of trouble <laughs> with or without the guns. Yeah, um, yeah, no, it's, it's a pretty funny character, and I'm having a lot of fun playing him. All right. Um, Princess Magnificent with lips of coral and robes of black feathers. Oh boy, that's a mouthful, listeners. We don't normally say the full thing. We just hey call guys, her Princess. It's a reference. <laughs> All of our names are references, yeah, by the way. Yeah. Listeners, we'll go over I'm, that at the end of the yeah. characters. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll throw that out there. Uh, 
being a, a Midnight Cast Abyssal, uh, that's, she says that's not a name, that's just a description you can use because it fits. Because it can't have a name. Exactly. Uh, so before she exalted, Allison uh, was a beauty pageant circuit child. Her mom from a very young age was putting her in like toddlers and tiaras, like putting her in makeup, making sure she ate right, uh, you know, all that kind of thing. After the beauty circuit for a while, she then uh, was put on a family sitcom for a few years. It's kind of like what Clarissa explains it all, basically. Uh, I was thinking more like Full House. Okay, more like Full but, House. Then. Yeah. Uh, that's her backstory. Uh, then she was starting to rebel against the fact that she had to do all this stuff, and her mom was basically forcing her to do it <laughs> to get money. <laughs> We've got to have money. <laughs> So, uh, she rebelled, she quit the show, or I think the show was cancelled, either canceled. way. Uh, and she became full goth. <laughs> I don't think you became full goth until you exalted, because you had your Catwoman from Batman Returns scene over it. Well, that's true. But she was rebelling and stuff like that. Yeah, you she, were pressing She that. insisted on being put in actual school instead of just being, like, tutored between shots on her show and stuff like that. Uh, so she's new to the school, and also a celebrity. Uh, so she likes attention, <laughs> and uh, one of yeah. your characters never. <laughs> um, she wants everybody to love her, not adore her. <laughs> yeah, like her nature is specifically gallant. She wants all the attention. Uh, okay, so physical description. Uh, she never really grew much past like ten. Even though she's, I think, 15 or 16, like the rest of the people here. She, so she's uh, only like four foot five, four foot three, something like that. Uh, yeah, she's very short. She specifically has a flaw for it. Um, so she's like 60 pounds. Uh, she has long blonde hair. Um, and after she exults, she's full goth. So she wears, uh, at school, it's mostly like, jeans and stuff like that, like that kind of goth. When we go out to be exalts, she gets much more dramatic about it. Basically, like a funeral, full funeral garb, uh, you know, her. she has a vest that on the back says, I put the fun in funeral. Uh, funeral veil is a mask so people can't identify her. Basically full, like, Almost gothic Lolita, if anyone knows what that fashion style you is. You have a parasol, just like Princess Magnificent. Exactly, that was what I was going to mention. I also have a black lace parasol. Totally forgot that we all have different like disguises. Yeah. <laughs> you have code names. <laughs> no. Um talk about the line. I also, yes, have my first and forsaken line, we'll call him. Uh, it is a zombie, because my character can just make those. do that. Uh, but it's specifically uh, tied more deeply to my character than the average, like, you just raised a zombie. Uh, so he's a little more intelligent, a little, and he's definitely... More independent. More independent. More durable. Durable, stuff like that. And he was, in life, a huge jacked biker. In death, he's basically the same thing. 
always with the motorcycle helmet on. He's uh, my chauffeur, like my bodyguard. Uh, yeah, the, mo the motorcycle helmet. At one point, uh, Moo painted a, uh, a lion face onto it. Yeah, Moo's really good at fashion. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and when we enter into buildings, he's usually carrying me on his bicep. Um, your race, your little Bobby? Oh, fuck. I thought you said your race, and I was like, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, another ally of mine is little Bobby Black Eyes. He is a stripling. He, he's, a, he's a child ghost who's crazy and evil. Uh, he has, you know, the classic, like, you can't see in his eye sockets because they're just black shadows. Like, that's why he's called. Little Bobby Black Eyes. Uh, he's a local legend. Kids play a little game where they put a mirror at the bottom of a basement stairs, and one of the kids has to go down there and sing a little song about how, like, Little Bobby Black Eyes, you better watch your back. And then they have to turn to the from the mirror and slowly walk up the stairs, presumably while Little Bobby Black Eyes is behind them. Turns out that's not just a legend, that's a real-ass ghost that, uh, is in our town. And he's my friend. Friend is a loose term. He's still friend is generous. <laughs> so because your, a friend is generous because your, uh, abyssal start with Spectre notoriety, and they recognize you as their Dark Messiah Queen. So it's, it's a lot more, it's a lot more liege-like. I was sugarcoating it. Yeah. He's my servant, but, you know... I, you know, try to treat him nice. He's your servant. You own him. Uh, and yes, she is once again minute cast abyssal. She can raise the dead. Do you have a permanent cast mark? And yes, I do. I sure do. Once again, after I exult, uh, I have a permanent cast mark on my forehead. Uh, I'm midnight cast, so it's just a black circle on her forehead at all times. But she also starts drastically suddenly wearing, like, full goth makeup. So people probably assume it's part of that. Uh, also, she has permanent fangs, so sh she oh, has she vampire fangs. And it's like, oh, that'll give you a. It's like, nah, it's adorable. Right? It's like, oh, it limits your appearance to three. It's like, have you ever seen some little fangs, bitch? But yeah, she has permanent fangs. Uh, touch a frost and the ravens and everything. And yes. the bleeding. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll go over all of that. <laughs> um, Character's a nightmare in like a, yeah. in a good way. <laughs> So yeah, she has uh, permanent fangs, which because she's of, as an abyssal, she can drink blood to regain essence. It's pretty awesome. Uh, she also has touch of frost, so everywhere she go goes, it's very uh, cold, and plants basically wither and die when I touch them because I have a uh, yeah chilly. If, I, if you touch me, it feels like you're touching ice. I sap your like warmth like that. Uh, those are her flaws. She's really good at uh, talking to people, and everyone kind of assumes that she's innocent. Because I have the sanctity merit, people that know Rod. Uh, also, because of the nameless curse of Abyssals, I have a few tells. The most prominent of which is the fact that crows, uh, and like basically birds of ill omen, hang out around me in like enormous, intimidating numbers. If I stay in one place for like a while, all the 
power lines, all the ceiling or uh, roofs and everything like that, coated in ravens. And they will, because I also am pretty good at animal training, I can command them to attack sometimes. But you know, they're crows. My other tell <laughs> is that, uh, quote, things that really shouldn't bleed sometimes do when the abyssal is around. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, mostly if I'm highly emotional, especially angry, uh, things will bleed. The eyes of a f of the Virgin Mary, or of a painting, or you take a bite into your sandwich and it's bleeding. Anything like that will just bleed. So, I'm pretty obvious, actually. You're breaking the masquerade, even though it doesn't apply to you. Yeah, even though I'm not a vampire, I am really breaking the masquerade because I look and seem exactly like a vampire. Oh, those poor, poor vampires. <laughs> uh, I think that's pretty much everything I would need to... Yeah, I think your powers are like, what, succubus? Did you kind of enchant people to make them... Yeah, I'm, I'm good at getting people to be on our side. I can... Uh... Quell emotions. Exactly. Uh, and I can command the dead and raise zombies. Uh, other stuff, too? I don't know when I got things throughout the game, so... yeah. When it comes up, it comes up. Mostly, I'm very good at charming people and getting people to do what we want, and also wraiths and zombies. That's good. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, Dexter Conway. He used to be, you know, a nice nerdy kid, you know, a bookish, computerish nerd. But then he got into the bad things, the RPGs. Black right. Dog Games. Yeah, the Black Dog Games, for those, you know, that remember, that Pantex subsidiary that makes books like Revenant and Lycanthrope and the Warlock, the Pretension. All those types of games. Warlock the Pretension. Yes. That's beautiful. Of course, play human the protagonist if you prefer. <laughs> <laughs> All those names are just gold. Um, so yeah, he got into RPGs and he became, you know, that kid. You know, from the 80s when he had the you know, demonic scare and what have you. And then he got into LARPing with, you know, a peculiar person called Mistress Frost. You know, that girl from Chick Literally just take that character, put her in, over the top, LARPing thing, you know, shut up Debbie, something, something, I don't want to be Debbie. <laughs> Elf, Elf star. Have <laughs> you ever seen Debbie, Dark Debbie, Ascendant? I don't want to be Debbie. <laughs> yes. Right. I don't know why. <laughs> like, am I having a stroke? <laughs> Elf star's dead, so are you, you're kicked out. And then she kills herself in the chick track. She hangs herself. <laughs> Fucking <Yeah>. hard. <laughs> All that satanic panic stuff. It's so stupid, that's why I haven't shown you it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, he exiled into the city of Chosen of Secret. Because in this age, you're not born a city real yet, because the, the vault that unleashed all the exaltations was just open, so the just flew in, whoever had a good destiny, they just burned themselves in and replaced whatever was already there. You know, the next generation of Sidiros would be normal. There'll be, you know, you'll be born in Sidiros, but he wasn't. He was supposed to be something else, but now he's a chosen of secrets. Now he dresses like, you know, a nerd that wants to be edgy. <laughs> he's got like thick, dirty glasses, also a trench coat, of course, a 
Batman hoodie, some bobber boots, 80s mullet, and you know, it's all a giant bizarre mismatch of what's supposed to be cool, what's not. Like, you know, think of what you know, a teenager will consider cool, and that's sort of his style. It's someone who's a huge nerd and doesn't know what's cool, trying yeah. to dress cool. Yep, just a, just a mess. <laughs> yeah, that's all of him. And yeah, he's our stealthy slash research person that, you know, he figures stuff out what's going on in the background or does investigation because I missed the heavily into Arcane, which means like I disappear from people's memories, my records are disappearing and it's generally a nuisance at times. So yeah, he's Yeah, his own parents sometimes forget him. Yeah, you know, happens. They're not that important. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, we have problems at schools when, you know, people check attendance and what have you. But yeah, he's the investigation type from our group. He's... Yeah. He's the usual the signal. What do you want? That's <laughs> <laughs> um, it. what it says on the tin. And you're good at sneaking? Yeah, sneaking, computers, investigation, uh, subterfuge, larceny... Oh, you have finger guns! Oh, yeah. Finger guns. Because Sadiros can shoot with anything, you don't have a gun. I'm um, trying to remember what your charms even were. Um, I can discover secrets by sending in, you know, little pattern spider out to get facts. <laughs> you have a secretary. Yeah. And I can also bless people so they can understand each other no matter what. Right. Very useful at times. Very useful. Yeah. yeah. Super <laughs> useful, but also yeah. you don't seem to use your charms other than the finger guns a lot. Um, I started also later getting into the um, journey charm so I can like supercharge our vehicles and so yeah. on. Mm. This one's getting interesting. Yeah, generally he keeps a download profile. He wants to you know view and download versus everybody just Plus, all the time. Arcane makes you disgustingly good at stealth. Yeah. Arcane gives people minus five to their dice pool and then you have your fucking dice pool for stealth. Yeah, and, and your excellency. Yeah, excellency and everything so Good luck, guys. Yes, uh, no one has ever been able to, to to find you with stealth. No one's been able to do it. Yeah, it's 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 just not going to happen. Yeah, I'm picturing like a werewolf or something like that being able to do it. But I mean, good luck to them if they get enough dice. Or a mage. I mean, they good have luck to him if he gets enough dice. Well, to compete with me, they have to have at least fifteen dice. Hmm. Oh, and then I have an excellency, which means I have an advantage there. That's. So at least 25 dice. Yeah. So, you know, fuck you, rest of the world. Yeah. All right, I think that's everyone then. Yep. So, yeah, as we were saying, all four of the characters have cute, jokey reference names, so I'm going to go over them one at a time. The most obvious is Princess Magnus with lips of uh, coral and robes of black feathers, who is literally named after the Death Lord. She even has a first forsaken lion. And, and the, the parasol. parasol. <laughs> and the parasol, of course. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, creation Ruling Mandate is literally named after the Creation Ruling Mandate from Exalted. Come on, son. Our most famous phrase. Right? <laughs> breast Dancer, of course, the Breast Dancer of Malpheus, you know, Yozi Jotun, so that's appropriate. And just to throw you all for a loop, Salt Spray Purity is the name of one of the strongest gifts in Godbound. Fuck you! There's a Godbound reference there. I know a certain segment of the Exalted community that's going to get all pissy about this. <laughs> yeah. So that was like his most used ability in uh, yeah. 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 years. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, right. Well, no, when we, when we did... Uh, Plus, Seed Wolf Salt with, Spray. Yeah. 
When we yeah, got down with Chris in the universe, he was also using Salt Spray Purity a bunch. Yeah. It's, uh... It's, it's good. Yeah. It fits. It <laughs> yep. fits together pretty well. And of course, our characters didn't name ourselves this consciously. We don't know... It's, they just found <laughs> names when they exalted that fit. Exactly. Yeah. We don't know that there was someone else called these things. It's just, this fits what I am now. And our group name? Oh yeah, what, what did you guys call your group? Well, Cup Oil's over. Oh yeah, Cup Oil's over. Yeah. It's not your group name, I think. I think it's oh, like... It's, it's our calling card. Ah, me, I'm explaining it. Sorry. God damn you. Cup Oil's over is like your calling card. You'll you'll leave like poems or like like markers or like pieces of paper that says you'll find your cup spoiled over. Yeah, we kind of heavily insist on it, despite the fact it could easily be led back to us. An active villain. That's awesome. So explain that one. Explain what? That reference. It's just some stupid fucking shit from second edition that was cartoon. No, cup of, uh, cup of Oh, over. Cup of Over is a charm and exalted where if someone's stupid and you hate them, you send them a letter that makes them die instantly because you uh, you fucking tear them down YouTube style. But it's specifically like if they're if they don't have any intimacies, yeah, or if uh, yeah their character doesn't make sense. It, it basically works on murder hobos who have no attachments to anything yeah. except for like stupid shit. Which is what we're saying the people were against. So. Yeah. Yeah. Very thematic. He'll work on the majority yes. of black trench coat uh, superheroes with fangs characters from, from Empire of the Masquerade. Do you guys <laughs> want to talk about your like costumes? Oh, um, sure. Like, Moose is the one that has the most. Yeah, he has like a wooden food dog mask that he wears over his face, and um, he, pretty, he pretty much wears his usual hoodie because it's he basically designs his own clothes. He's a fashion designer slash playwright slash dancer because he's oh, yeah, a wearing, theater kid. You're wearing a hoodie with bunny ears. Oh yeah, it's got the bunny ears, and they just look like they're cute <laughs> bunny ears, like designed to stand up when really they're just covering his actual ears. <laughs> well, actually. Um, salt spray purity. I think he starts out wearing a hockey mask. I think you kind of change up every time. But yeah, I change up a lot every time. Uh, he starts out, I think, wearing a hockey mask, and then he later realizes that Moo makes really cool masks, and so he ends up, for pretty much the rest of it, takes a mask from Moo. Mm. Um, and a lot of the time, he's just in like flip flops. And board shorts and, and, open shirt. and like an open shirt with like rippling abs. I have appearance five. I'm like, I, I'm your like typical surfer dude sex symbol. I guess is the best way to describe him. Like horrifying for sixteen year old. Yeah, yeah, horrifying. That's the eighties. Oh, you're like longer blonde hair. You know, like yeah, just just crazy. One really noteworthy thing is because your shirt's open, you clearly aren't wearing armor, yet when people yeah. stab you, it doesn't do anything. Yeah, it yeah. just like breaks on my like rock hard abs, and I'm like, what? It's very demoralizing. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, and then there is a creature really mandate, who doesn't need a fucking disguise, because no one saw him in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Um, the people are like, oh, those three people walk in there, yeah, there wasn't anyone else there. <laughs> and any video footage just kind of goes... Oh, it's not there anymore. I mean, we all kind of do weird things to photography, I think, because Moo's giving off radiation constantly, so it has oh, that shit. element for the I forgot. Yeah, you're walking your radiation storm like elephant food thing from Chernobyl. Yeah, you, you don't show up. Um, I don't think I do anything. 
anything to film. I'm just picturing really creepy ghost stuff. Maybe actually, go specters are always following me. So. photography. <laughs> that is fair. I just glow, like with like sunlight. Oh, um, you forgot flares. to mention yeah. your permanent cast. Mark. Oh yeah, I do have a permanent cast mark, which he normally hides with his hair, like at school and stuff. But when we're out and about, like doing jobs, it's visible. Yeah, I think the only one that doesn't is the stereo, because he's sneaky. Yeah. You you do have a permanent cast mark? His tattoos are all over his body. Oh, yeah. right. Your type doesn't have like a Infer cast mark. Yeah, infernals are weird because they don't have casts anymore. They they cast that off. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I also have Beacon of Power, so I anima flare really early on. So it was brass dancer, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, <sighs> yeah I think that's Everything that you need to know about the character before going into the series. Yeah. It's a fun uh, season. Yeah. I think, yeah, we had a lot of fun with it. It was really good. Excited for season two. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think there's anything else to cover. I think we covered it all. Yeah. That was a long intro. All right. Well, in that case, I was Devin. Nicole. Ian. Kevin. And Peter. And this is Monster by Nobody. Signing off.